You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. Father, we thank you. Um, should I just dive in? Okay. Um, honey, thank you. Could we appreciate David for sharing his God experience ever so kindly this Sunday morning? At some point during the God experience, I was like, okay, well, what am I, to, what am I supposed to go and do when I go up? Because he looked like he was, um, he was preaching, yeah? Um, is this, can you hear me fine? Or should I, do I need my mic? Hallelujah. Oh, that's me. All right. Okay, all right. If you don't fix the other one, I'm going to go on this one, okay? Okay. Um, but there was so much in what David said this morning that... Um, for me, it was very important, and I think, you know, it's a good place to start. Help me ask the person next to you, how are you and God doing? How are you and God doing? This is, how are you and God doing? Is, in fact, maybe just help me say to the person, uh, I do have something from God uh, for you. I do have something from God for you. I have a message. The Bible says to say unto the righteous that it is well. Right? So I, I, would, I would like you to look at that person, you know, when I was growing up, they would say eyeball to eyeball. So, and I know you don't like, this is not what you came to church for. You don't like this kind of invasive, you know, but I would like you to look at someone. Just let God use you briefly. And just tell that person it is well. I'd like you to say it in a convincing manner. And if they don't break out in a smile, then you haven't said it properly. It's, someone said, this is really weird. I've heard things about this church. And now we're looking into each person's eyes. The next thing they will tell us to tell each other, I love you. <laughs> you might as well just add that. Just tell them, I don't know you, but I love you. I know there's a guy, you know the girl, and you've been wanting to tell her. So just go ahead and tell her, and I love you, okay? Um, and I know that when we come to church, there's sometimes that sense in which, um, and the way Yimika is blushing, I'm not sure what that guy has told her. It's not something I said. But there's sometimes you come to church and you really just want to have a private moment. It's like, I, don't, I didn't come for any of this, tell somebody. No, that's not, I just want to be with my God. But, and we will get to it in the course of the discussions today. It's impossible to diverse the discussion you're having with God with the one you're having with men. It's impossible. It's impo- in fact, sometimes the easiest way to see what is happening between you and God is to look at what is happening between you and men. Sometimes. So when you read First John, he would talk about, you know, how do you say you love God if you cannot love Caroline or whoever it is. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 9 to 10. The Bible says, now this, he ascended. What does it mean? But that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth. Verse 10 says, he who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might feel all things. We've started over the last two weeks, we've had this discussion um, about airplanes. Someone says, well, why are we talking about airplanes in church? And um, when we started, I said, if Jesus was teaching in 2017, it's unlikely that he would have taught the parable of the sower. 
infestation in Lagos, right? Uh, because he was using things which people were familiar with, yeah? And he was using them to associate spiritual truth. Okay, so he would say the kingdom of God is like someone went to a farm. And when we say that, very few of you have been on a farm, right? You might own shares in a farm. You might have done something that's investment related with a farm. But you, I, I can see your faces. You have not been on a farm, all right? But I, I'm persuaded that he would teach, well, I think he would teach about the parable of the airplane. So that, that's why I decided to teach it, yeah? Uh, who, what else would he have used to teach in parables if Jesus was around today? What is parable of traffic? That one he would teach. I can see that. Oh, no, I can see that one. It's as if a man, the kingdom of God is as if a man went out from Lekki. That he got stuck in traffic. I can see that one. It's, that, that's a classic one. That's not, that was, what else would, would he teach with? ATM. Uh, oh, that's a good one. It's as if, yeah, that's a good one. I can see that one. You know, giving and receiving. You can't collect what you don't have, no matter how upset you are with the ATM yielding to you, I can say that, the parable of the ATM, as if a man went to the bank you know, to withdraw money, but he did not put money in the bank, so the ATM said sorry, you know, I can say that, that's a good one one more, what else sorry sorry, football, oh that's a good one yeah, that's a good, that's a very good one the kingdom of God (laughs) is as if a man was an Arsenal fan (laughs) every season (laughs) <laughs> that's a very that's a profound one that's like two chapters you know dealing with grief <laughs> sorrow long suffering huh? you got that one right long suffering so, so we could see how Jesus will teach you know the ATM and so we've said the first week you know that um, how do airplanes work um, that airplanes get off the ground they weigh quite a bit in fact I think if we put all of us together our joint weights, we still do not compete with the weight of a single, of a, one plane. But that airplanes get in the air by first generating quite an amazing amount of momentum. And then we said that there is intelligence in the design of an airplane that allows it to take that momentum and get off the ground. Okay, I remember saying that two weeks ago. And saying that the choice of fuel for the life that you live is yours. However, whether you then move at such a pace like the airplane describes, is, it's not dependent on you. It's about the choice of fuel uh, that you put in. And we remember saying how um, airplanes cannot go on water. Okay? And the Christian experience was not meant to be fueled by anything except the power of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus was saying, Acts says, you guys go and wait until you receive power from on high. I remember saying that it's something that we must, uh, in this season, make a big deal of. We are Christians, children of God. We cannot live this Christian life without the Holy Spirit. I remember talking about intelligent design and how that there are postures you will take in life. We mentioned humility. Okay, for example, the Bible says uh, that I will oppose the proud, but I will give grace unto the humble. Okay, you ask the person next to you, are you proud? Are you proud? Are you proud? Are you proud? I, I, don't, I don't know you. You're new, right? So, so the keyboardists tend to enter my message every now and then. What's the name, sir? 
Remy, are you proud? Okay, your friends don't say you're proud. Okay. okay. But, and then the second week, um, progressing that discussion about the parable of the airplane, we then, you know, um, talked about the subject, how to keep a heavy thing, or how to keep, how to stay up in a down world. And we talked about the fact, we read out of Romans chapter 1, there's therefore now no condemnation for those of us who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. It says, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death. And we explained how the same way that gravity works upon an airplane, that the only constant message an airplane hears when it's up there is just that shout from gravity saying, come down where you belong. And because of your weight, you have no business being up in the air. And we explained how that the plane continues to generate sufficient force that causes the laws of aerodynamics to kick in. And we said it's similar with the Christian walk. That there is the law of sin and death. And that the more you subscribe to the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And the spirit of life in Christ is the Holy Spirit. Um, when we read, I think it's in Ephesians. He says that that same spirit who raised up Jesus from the dead. Dwelling within us quickens our mortal body. So say that subscribing to the law of the spirit allows us uh, to stay in flight. Uh, in all of these teachings, what one is principally doing is making a case for the Holy Spirit. Okay? We're simply saying uh, the Christian walk is not just a religion. It's not just um, something to tick off on the form. It's a relationship with God that is fueled by the Holy Spirit. When you read Galatians, uh, he says to us, he says, God is not mocked. He says, whatsoever a man sows, that he will reap. He says, if you sow to the flesh, he says, of the flesh you will reap corruption. He says, but if you sow to the spirit of the spirit, you will reap life. Okay? And I think the first week I also spoke about praying in the spirit and why that was uh, quite important. All right. Um, tonight or today, I'm going to try and put all that discussion to a close. We're going to land the plane. All right. Um, just tell you how we're ending the year. 24th is uh, apparently is the day before Christmas. So we will um, have more like a carol service and, and all that stuff. I'm very uh, minded to preach on Christian maturity on that day. Just, you know, just, but I think we would have a proper Christmas service on the 24th. On the 31st is the last Sunday of the year. Now, I don't know about you, but that Sunday, I don't want to come and have anybody preaching to me in the morning. I just want to come in my jeans or shorts and just praise God. That's what I want to do. And so that's what I'll ask us to do on the 31st. In the morning uh, service, we'll just take our time and just really praise and thank God for such a beautiful year. And in the evening, we'll join with the rest of the Elevation Church and have a crossover service. It starts at 6 o'clock and ends at 9. Okay? Yes. So, well, and that's what we've always done. And the simple reason is because... Wait now... <laughs> The simple reason is because we know that it is not a scriptural injunction that you must be inside the church at 12. I like to sleep into the new year. I remember the first year, I think I was just got married, got home at about 10, and I said, oh, I'm going to sleep. And my wife was petrified. How? What kind of, how, how can you sleep into the new year? No, I said, but we've gone to church. We've prayed for the year already. You know, she was more old school at that time. She, was, <laughs> she couldn't really understand it. But that's what we will do. 
but that's how we're going to end the year, okay? Um, and the beginning of the year, we'll fast again. Three days this time, uh, from the first Wednesday of the year. So it's Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. We'll spend time fasting and praying. On Saturday, there's a big worship event, which we'll talk about again. Okay. Today, I want to um, examine the simple thought, why do planes land? Why? Okay. Why are the planes land? I believe God that there is truth in his mind that he will communicate to us as we look through this. Okay. Um, so planes will typically land as part of their journeys. I mean, if you were in a plane, uh, you wanted to take off. And if you're like me, I don't really like being in a plane for a long time. Right. Um, until one or two years ago, I really couldn't sleep on planes. Right. Um, uh, you know, it, it was hard for me. I'm, I think I like control a lot, you know. So just the thought of being up there, I don't know who the pilot is. I can't even see the pilot. If it's a car, I can tell the guy, slow down, but I can't, I don't know what this guy is doing. He might be sleeping for all I know, you know. So like, the sooner we come down, the better, right? So I never really used to sleep on planes. But you all constantly hope, because, you know, if you're in a plane and then just hear the pilot say, um, Guys, I'm not quite sure how to land this plane. You just, even if you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit, you start to speak in tongues. You just, you just, you, you know, everything, you don't sleep. It's, nobody, it's very rare that in that moment you just say, oh, well, I'm just going to lie back now. No. You're very intent that this plane must land. My luggage too must land. I spent too much money shopping on this holiday. You know, but you're just everything. You know, you're, every, everybody wakes up, you know. And when planes land, it's not a show of weakness. In fact, it is planned that the, sh- the planes would land. Um, it's a delicate and careful activity. But one of the things that landing for a plane does is that it acknowledges that the overall journey is in phases. It's broken down into stages and seasons. Very much like our life is. So when planes land it reminds us that, you know, Rome was not built in a day. Abuja was not built in a day. Okay. Uh, Paul says in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12, I think, he says not to become sluggish. He says, but to be imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises of God. And I don't know who is here today who's in a bit of a bind. Because there's so many things that you expect to happen in your life. And there's no problem with you having those expectations. The challenge is that you are now under immense pressure and feeling very disappointed because you haven't seen them happen now. But life is in stages. You help me tell the person, if you're new here, I would do this often, please. Help me tell the person next to you, relax a bit. Relax a bit. Relax. Tell them that your life is in stages. Your life is... Yeah, just tell them that you, have, you shouldn't be unhappy. You shouldn't be unhappy. All right? You shouldn't be unhappy. You should be confident in God. You should be confident in God. Okay? Because the plane takes off, flies for a distance, lands at an airport. Takes off, flies for a distance, lands at an airport. 
and uh, planes land for a number of reasons. But I just something that I will mention because last week I then uh, watched a video of a plane uh, about to land, and I, I was hoping we could play it this morning, but we can't. And one of the things you would find is that uh, the pilots are in constant communication with. Uh, they call them air traffic controllers and stuff with the airports. Because if you are just going to land a plane or you're going to fly a plane successfully, you would have to depend on just more than the things you can see with your eyes and hear with your ears. Right? In fact, I've never sat in the pilot seat before, but I suspect that you cannot see much from there. Okay? Um, it, it's, it's unlikely that the pilot can see everything that he needs to see. He can't understand what the weather where he's going to land in in another hour is like. So he's asking. He doesn't know what the queue is like. So he's asking questions. He's asking for direction. He's asking for reassurance. He's asking for information. So sometimes the pilot will say, look, we're just going to circle around a bit. We can't land yet. Because uh, there's a lot of traffic, there's a bit of a delay, because the weather uh, is not perfect yet. And similarly, we are required in our faith. Uh, the Bible says, eyes have not seen it, ears have not heard it. It has not entered into the heart of man, the things which God has prepared for us. It says, but the Holy Spirit reveals those things to us. It's, it's required that we lean on the Holy Spirit constantly to find out what lies before us, what lies before us. Sometimes we just have to cross-check. Sometimes we just have to cross-check. I know it's end of the year, and different people approach the end of the year in different ways. Some people are super excited. Just, just going to party into 2018. Some people are, are, are just progressively sad as the year closes because you're like, Look, you know, one more year is gone and I don't know what next year brings. And it's a beautiful time to lean into God. It's a beautiful time to spend some time praying. It's a beautiful time to lean into the Holy Spirit. But back to this whole concept of landing and planes landing into airports. I remember that one of the first things that, you know, I wrote it down in my notes about planes landing was that Typically, would planes will run out of fuel after a while. Planes will run out of fuel after a while. Uh, we, as Christians, do not get all our strength on one day. We don't get all our strength on one day. And so planes will get to places where they can refuel, where they can refuel. Uh, and so sometimes, depending on the capacity of the plane, they would build a journey and say, okay, we'll fly into this airport first, we'll refuel, and we'll take off again into another airport. Planes would land to check that all is well ever so often. Planes would land to check that all is well ever so often. Okay. Um, I think it's in Galatians chapter 6. And Apostle Paul says, everyone should test their own actions. All right? You should self-examine. Uh, so planes have scheduled maintenance. Okay? They have things that they require to see, you know, just to, to see. And I remember saying to 
myself last night that is interesting how for a number of us we have not we resist shadows and I, I totally understand that I like to think of myself as being reasonably free-spirited okay I like structure but I'm reasonably free spirit I like for things to be slightly unpredictable right like I like the fact that I don't know what you're playing for example I'm not saying you should play something that I know but I don't know what you're playing and it, it, I like it in a sense even though I want you to play something I know, you know, that kind of thing, you know. But, but, but I began to realize that if I was getting into an aircraft and I had the two technicians talking to themselves, ah, did you check X and Y thing? And the other guy goes, I didn't feel like checking it today. I just, I don't, maybe next time the pilots, next, next time the plane comes, we'll just check. I said, do you feel, uh, let's leave it. It should be okay now, it should be okay. Uh, did, you, did you check the engine? Engine. Engine sounds okay. Don't worry. Don't worry. It'll be fine. I assure you that I'm not getting on the plane. In fact, I assure you that my conscience will not allow me, not even just to not get on the plane, but I will block the door and tell everybody, you, nobody's going on this plane. And you'll probably trend on social media for a day. PI holds the plane. You see them dragging me up and I'm shouting, don't get on the plane. They didn't do the maintenance, you know. Isn't that why sometimes we used to be worried in the past about the airline industry in our country? Because we weren't sure if they had done all the checks that they were meant to do. And I know how busy it can be in life sometimes. And how, you know, you're just moving from one thing to the other. This is a busy period. It's end of year party last night. Some of you slightly hung, hung over from last night. I can see it in your eyes. Just look straight. Okay, I can see it in your eyes. And you know that you're hoping I finish on time because there's another end of year party and there's a bridal shower and everyone is getting married. There's just so much to do. But planes will land to refuel. Planes will land to check that everything is okay ever so often. We cannot underestimate, even at such a time like this, the importance of self-examination and spiritual reflection. So how am I doing spiritually? Am I healthy? Am I growing spiritually? How am I doing emotionally? I mean, help me ask the person next to you, how are you? And most of us have automatic answers to that question. But do you know how you are doing? Do, I mean, it's okay not to tell this stranger who's asking you, how are you? That's fine. You can't even understand why they're asking you anyway. Sometimes in your mind, you're like, do you really care? You know? But do you know yourself how you're doing emotionally? Do you know the state of your body? Do you know how you're doing physically? Some of you say, oh my goodness, I'm 21. My body's in top shape. You've not done a health check. And some of you are not, men. Felucia, you're not as young as you used to be. Felucia's not. No, no, no. Felucia and I are age mates and birthday mates. No, no, it's not, not, no shade in there. No shade in there. <laughs> no shade in there. Relax. But I'm saying, I'm saying if, you're, if you're 18, it's fine to think that your body is a machine. I'm just going to be, you know. But as we grow older, it doesn't matter how tight your jeans are. You... <laughs> You need to go and check how you're doing physically. Do you know how your key relationships are doing? Your key relationships. And I said key relationships. I'm not sure what came to your mind. But uh, <laughs> your spouse, your children. 
Who else is key to you? So, guys like, why did I come and play keyboard in this church today? <laughs> who else is key to you? Your girlfriend? Yeah. She might be here, so you better speak out now. <laughs> okay. But how are my key relationships doing? How am I doing with my calling and my assignments? Am I walking in peace with all men? Is my conscience still alive? You know how if you, if you drive a, a more modern car, you know that um, you would have a dashboard that is infuriatingly automated. And if you drive, I mean, sometimes you and I know how when you drive some of those cars and then you see a, you see a warning sign come up, sometimes your heart just starts to calculate how much money that is, Right? But your conscience is sometimes like a dashboard with warning lights and gauges and just measures of health and reports of your interaction with the outside. Just saying, this is how you are doing. Some of us can read very well. So, you know, sometimes you enter some people's cars and the engine light is on. It's just on. It's just engine light. It's not just engine light. How am I doing? So planes will land schedule the landings not you know to tell you that it will take off at this time it will land at this time to allow us check that everything is doing well so i was asking myself what have i scheduled in this season have i scheduled prayer have i scheduled exposure to the holy spirit because the bible says eyes have not seen ears have not heard but the Spirit reveals it to us. Have I scheduled encouragement? The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 3, and it's my, one of my favorite scriptures, it says to encourage one another as long as it's today. It says, so that none of you has a heart that is hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. So I normally say that Christians require daily encouragement. So if you shouldn't go through a day without having been encouraged shouldn't. But it's your responsibility to look for it. I mean, every now and then I ring some of my friends up and tell them, in this coming week, would you just check on me? Would you just encourage me? Have I built a schedule with refreshment in mind? And when I say refreshment there, I don't mean a bottle of beer or Coke. No. I mean, have I, have I, you know, the Bible says in Psalm, 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 Psalm 23, it says, he restores my soul. Have I decided that next week or on Mondays, I will take out one hour for me only. I will switch off from everything and everyone. Or I will switch on to X and Y just as a way of refreshing my soul. Have I scheduled accountability and love? Because our faith is a, is a daily call. Our faith is a daily call. Jesus would say, it says, he who wants to follow me. It says, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily. So I say to people, when we get saved, sometimes we forget that it is actually a daily call. And so you need strength on a daily basis. You need a renewal on a daily basis. You need a renewal on a daily basis. Psalmist was saying in Psalm 63, 
It says, oh God, you are my God. It says, early will I seek you. My soul tests for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and tested land where there is no water. With the people of Israel, God will teach them something through the whole concept of manna. He would say, every day, take a portion, right? And he would say, come back tomorrow for the next one. Come back tomorrow for the next one. And so it is, it is important not to underestimate the impact of a whole day without fellowship with God. Don't ever underestimate it. Don't ever underestimate it. I, I was saying to someone yesterday, I said, or today I think, I remember. I said, I don't know how, if you remember how you feel. You've gone for this five-day conference. Say you were Shiloh. And everybody that was anybody in the kingdom of God showed up. They showed up in the Holy Ghost, preaching, preaching, preaching. I don't know how you, you know, sometimes you, you come out of those conferences, you're feeling, my God, where are all the demons in Lagos? Let me just, you know, people just say, hello, hello, how are you? Just like, bless you, bless you. You know, you're just driving on the road, you're stopping, you pass, just enter, don't worry. Just crystal virtue flowing out of you automatically. You're like, you're even surprising yourself. You're looking at you, like, ha, ha. you know, like David, you're even quoting scripture you didn't know. Like, oh, that's me? That's a scripture. Oh, Philip said it first. Oh, wow. You know, you're just in the, you're in the zone, you know. When they say, you know, they're worshiping God, you're worshiping, you're worshiping. Then you start to even sing a song. Then the worship leader then starts to sing that, you know, yes, I'm really worshiping. I'm in the spirit, you know. I'd be like, five days later. It's as if that after conference glue has gone somewhere. You know what I'm talking about, yeah? So Jesus would say in Luke chapter 8 and verse 46, there was a crowd this young woman who is just really tired of her circumstance. And she comes to Jesus saying that if I might touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. The Bible says she sneaks a touch. She's healed. And then Jesus says, who touched me? And the Bible says, he said, someone touched me for I perceived power going out from this is amazing for me when I read it. I'm like Jesus could feel it was almost as if there was a depletion of something. No, no wonder the Bible would say, if you read um, Luke chapter 5, no wonder scripture would say when Jesus will feel the press. And I read that scripture very quickly. Luke 5.15, it says, When the news about him spread all the more, so that the crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed at, of their sickness. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. And Jesus would say, power has left me. Power has left me. And, and so I say to people, look, if you are available to everyone every time, then you must know something that Jesus did not know. You know, you must like be a superhero if you can be available for everything, every time, to everyone. And so Acts of Apostles, the book of Acts, he would talk about times of refreshing coming from the presence of God. So what am I saying? So when planes land, they need to refuel. When planes land, they need to schedule a check to make sure that everything is okay. Ephesians chapter 5. Paul is writing to the church. Church has been filled with the Holy Spirit. But Paul says to them, 
It says, do not be drunk with wine wherein it is excess. It says, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. One translation will say, but keep on being filled with the Holy Spirit. I need to bring this home to someone, okay? And pardon my analogy. Um, and follow sure, since you're in church, this might help you. But you do know that the last bottle of alcohol you took, you can't really feel and I'm not saying you take alcohol, I'm saying if you took alcohol, the last bottle you took, you can't really feel the one. The one you took in March, you can't feel it. It's gone, right? Help me ask you anybody. It's gone, right? It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. I became it's gone. It's gone. It's all gone. All right. And you know that if you if you want to get a fresh, lack of a better word, impact, right? You need to engage again. You need to engage again. I like someone to say, I am intentional. Oh, church, come on. I am intentional about my exposure to the Holy Spirit. So I'm constantly led by the Spirit of God. I like you to say, I will follow the voice of the Holy Spirit. Say, I'm conscious. Come on, church. Say, I'm conscious of the need to be filled with God. I like someone to shout this. I'll say, I do not walk around empty. Say, I walk around filled with the Holy Spirit. Say, God anoints my head with oil. My cup runs over. Someone needs to shout this one. Say, I am not afraid to rest. I like you to say it again. Say, I am not afraid to rest. Say, I am intentional about refreshment. Like I want to say, I'm bearing the fruit of patience and fulfilling the counsel of God every day and one day at a time. In First Kings, Elijah has just gone through a whole year. He's gone through a whole year. He's reorganized the spiritual covering over Israel. He's brought the prophets of Baal down. He's done, he's had, he's caused a revival. He stood before a whole country and said to them, look, choose you this day who you would serve. If God is God, let's serve God. If he's not God, let's not serve him. In fact, call the prophets of Baal. And you know, the prophets of Baal come. Lots of people. He says, look, put, you know, big cows. Let's, let's settle this thing. Big spiritual battle. And then, you know, the battle starts. A whole day, these guys are trying to get their God to bring down fire. No fire. Light is just taunting them. Your God is not there. Your God is dead. Da, 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 da. You know, big like we know how we do it on Twitter nowadays. You should tie it. You should not tie it. Da, 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 da. You're just going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And, you know, he says, okay, guys, it's okay. Then he says, get water. Pour water. You know, he's just a showman. Pour water on my own offering, you know. And then he repairs the altar. And the Bible says he says a prayer and the power of the Holy Ghost comes down. Elijah, is, he's trending on social media. Everywhere you go. Have you heard about the God of Elijah? You've heard that song, the God of Elijah. I think this is writing it from that time. But anyway, have you heard about the God of Elijah? But Elijah is, and then, you know, he's got, and not only that, he then goes into a prayer session. He goes into a prayer session. That whole one where he's saying, send the servant, go back, come. And then he's praying, he's praying. And then the servant comes back and says, I see a cloud the size of a man's hand. Elijah's prayer has produced. He says, okay, go off. Go and tell Ahab so and so. 
And the Bible says after that, he gets a message that just destabilizes him. A young woman says to him, sends him a tweet or just a direct message on Instagram. I'm going to kill you. And he just, he just, he just, he just dissolves, really. <laughs> and I put in my notes that oftentimes we do not make notes about how often we need to refuel, how often we need to land our planes. I read out of 1 Kings 19. The Bible says, Then as he lay and slept under a broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. And then he looked, and there by his head was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came back the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat because the journey is too great for you. For someone, I really, really can't get past this. Call to you scheduling times of refreshing with God. I'll come back to this, but I need to point out something about this whole concept about planes that land. When a plane lands, you essentially see something that has been in a different realm as it were coming to touch the earth. And this thought, you know, dropped in my heart. The Bible says in Acts chapter 10 verse 38, it says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. And, and that is a great thing. In fact, if, if you were if you were, um, I mean, so depending on how old you are, there used to be these old songs about, about the anointing, okay? There used to be one that will sing, anointing, you know that one? Fall. You guys know that song? Anointing. You're a bit older than you look, actually, if you know that song, okay? <laughs> but, but, we, but we then have newer versions of that song, all right? Where's Faladi? What do we now sing? So we sing, I want, I want more of you, yes? Which one do we sing? We sing songs asking God to just to feel us. Holy Spirit. You know, and there's songs and their prayers and they're fantastic songs. Where we're saying, God, just feel us. God, just anoint me. Just come upon me. Just let me have a supernatural experience. But the Bible says here, in Acts 10, 38, that Jesus, having been filled with the Holy Spirit, anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power, the Bible says that he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. And the same way people get onto planes and want to land on the earth is the same way that I sense that God wants to constantly give us a supernatural experience by the Holy Spirit. But that that walk with God must have an impact on our walk with men. And so, there's, there's this concept I call a walking faith. Uh, James chapter 3, James began, has this rant where he's just saying, guys, I'm really upset. And he begins to say to them, look, how can you say you have faith 
How can you say you are filled with the Holy Spirit? How can you say you are having a supernatural experience? He says, but I cannot see the expression on the earth. So he begins to say, uh, James chapter 2, verse 14 to 18, what does it profit my brethren? If someone says he has faith but does not have works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. It says, but someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. And you know, I just began to get this sense, especially as Christmas approaches, of a walking faith, of people carrying an anointing, a very heavenly spiritual thing, speaking in tongues of men and of angels, but on the earth, able to land that plane in such a way that it finds expression on the earth. So I said that we will be seated in heavenly places, but relevant in earthly places. And Jesus will say, you are the salt of the earth and you are the light of the world. Where does our rubber meet the road? I believe that Christians are called, as it were, to be a bridge between heaven and the earth. Uh, doesn't Paul say in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 that we are ambassadors from one kingdom unto another? The very same way a huge plane will descend from the sky. Sometimes you are just driving near an airport and out of the skies will come this big metal contraption and its wheels will touch the earth. Some Christians have refused for the wheels of their airplane to touch the earth as they seek to preserve their holiness and sanctification. So, so, so God will say unto Peter in Acts chapter 10, he would say to him, rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter would say, no, Lord, I, I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. I like how the message translation puts verse 13 and 14 of Acts chapter 10. It says, Peter said, oh, no, Lord, I have never so much has tasted food that was not kosher. He says, the voice came a second time, saying, if God says it is okay, it is okay. I suspect that the capacity for more anointing, for more expressions of God, actually comes as we open our hearts and our lives to bless people. To be there for people. To touch people. Otherwise, this whole spiritual experience is faulty in its essence. There is something wrong with a spiritual life that has no love, that has no contact on the earth. I sense that there are people who walk around our city and look at us and say that if you say that you talk to God, why wouldn't you speak to me? The people who say, that if you say that you talk to God, 
why wouldn't you stand up for me? Why would you speak for me, please? If you say you're seated in heavenly places with God and I see you around the earth, why do you ignore me? I pray this Christmas that God will speak through us, that God will love through us, that God will create through us, that God will hug a hotting school boy, school child uh, through someone here, that God will put a smile on the face of a destitute Nigerian through someone here. I pray that God in this season would find someone who would not just fly a plane in the heavens, but would look for how it would land on the earth. But God will burn through us. That God would light up the world through us. As I said to myself yesterday, that I pray that if there's darkness on the earth, let it not be because I have refused to shine my light. Let it not be in my section. Let my plane, because there's something happening with me. I am having an immense spiritual experience. I wake up and I speak to the one who created the whole earth. I sing songs. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. The power of God is here. And I said that people who have the opportunity and the privilege to meet with us should be able to call us Christians. Why did they call them Christians? The Bible says it was simply because upon reflection, they realized that these ones are not just usual people. James says, you have faith. You have a spiritual thing going on. It says, but this plane is not landing. And you all know that there are a couple of reasons why a plane might not land. Sometimes it has been hijacked. Someone else has taken it to a destination different from the one that it was designed to go to. And sometimes pain has a way of hijacking our planes. Sometimes just worry, just the consumption of our own desires has a way of hijacking our planes. Holy Spirit. So I want to put this together. I believe there is a call for us to create schedules that allow God meet with us in this season. There's no better time than the end and the beginning of a year to be reflective, understand where you are, to carry out a check, to ask people who are close to you and who love you, to say, look, how do you think I'm doing in this area? To ask God who knows you, who knows everything about you. There's no better time for you to re rekindle the fire of the Holy Spirit. There's no better time for you to pray in tongues. When we speak in tongues, we allow God have a conversation through us. There's so many times we would say with our own mouths things which negate the counsel of God for our lives. And you and I know that even thoughts that you would say within your heart that are not consistent with God's word concerning you. But what happens when you speak in tongues is very much like using Microsoft Word or something and when it's on autocorrect and you know how annoying it is. 
Because sometimes you are trying to spell a word the way you think the word should be spelled, the way you used to spell it in Ibadan. Okay, I just had to go there, make sure you were here. But, you know, but it says, no, 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 there's no A in receive. And it's typing the correct word for you. And then sometimes it's like that when you pray in the spirit. Because sometimes you're saying to yourself, I'm, I'm done. It's over with me. I can't, I'm not useful. And then when you begin to pray in the spirit, uh, the Holy Spirit begins to correct those confessions over your life. Begins to say, no, you subscribe to the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. That the same one who gave Jesus life, the same one who is the spirit of resurrection, dwells within you and he quickens your mortal body. There's a call this Christmas for us to make a difference. It doesn't have to be a thousand people. It doesn't have to be 50 people. It might just be one person. It might be just that annoying security man who has been wearing the same shirt for the last... You, you know him by the shirt that he wears. It might be the young lady who you see in church every Sunday without a smile. It might be someone in your family. Isaiah says, what, this is not a type, is this the type of fast? So it says when you get into spiritual activity, when you come down, he says, look, that you would not hide yourself from your own flesh. For some of us, it's time this season to land in our families. Some of you have never bought your siblings gifts. I don't know if any of my people are listening. My own siblings are here today. But if, if you are their friend, tell them. Okay, but some of you have never said, oh, "No, we don't. We don't do like that in my family." Gift, gift for what? For that. But it's, it's an opportunity. Okay, write a note. Send them a text. Act out of love. Pray for them. Be there for them. Would you hold the hand of someone this Sunday morning, if if they feel agreeable? If you sense some. They're holding back. Just grab their hand. <laughs> Pastor said I should hold your hand. And while Fallaby sings a worship song, I'd like you to just pray gently for that life this morning. The Bible says how Jesus, how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and with power. And I'd like you to pray for an anointing upon that life. It talks about how the anointing will break the yoke. I'd like you to pray for an anointing upon that life. I'd like you to pray for an anointing upon that life. I don't know where that life is. Neither do you. But I'd like you to pray for the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon that life. This season is about God doing the impossible I'd like you to pray for that person, for your brother, for your sister. I'd like you to ask that God will make a way where there seemed to be no way. And he will open doors for them. He says, can anything good come out of Nazareth? I'd like you to pray, but out of every Nazareth will come the purpose of God. That in the manger where they are, that destiny will be better. And in the place where men said, what is this? Who is this? Now the power of the Holy Ghost, the power of the Holy Ghost, the power of the Holy Spirit.
Mary says unto the angels, How can this thing be seen that I do not know in man? And the angel says, The power of the Holy Ghost will come upon you. Would you pray for their finances? Would you pray for their health? Would you pray for their emotions? Would you pray for their ministry and their calling? Would you pray for their family? Declaring shalom, nothing missing, nothing broken. Would you stand as an intercessor over that life? Would you declare that they will leave and not die? Declare they are poor and not beginning. Yes, spend the next three minutes in a very simple prayer this morning. I'd like you to pray if you can in tongues for three minutes. If you can't pray in tongues yet, it's okay. Just go ahead and worship God. But I'd like us to make a confession over our lives as we do it. So I'd like us to just go ahead and pray in the spirit if you can for about two to three minutes. I I believe there's some auto-corrections happening. So that there are some things that might have been said by your mouth over your life. Some things that might have been said by your heart over your life. Some things that might have been said by your circumstances over your life. By a parent over your life. By a friend over your life. Which you know is inconsistent with the will and the desire of God for you. So I'd like you to just go ahead and pray in the Holy Spirit. Someone says, I've never understood what it means to pray in tongues. The Bible says when we pray in tongues uh, that we speak mysteries unto God. I want everyone who can pray in the spirit. It doesn't matter where you are. Multimedia booth. It doesn't matter whether you're on Osha. It doesn't matter where you're on stage with me. I just like you to pray in the spirit. I like you to just let God make the confession over our lives, over our families, over our church over our country La Brigadish. a time came John the Baptist was about to be born he shot the mouth of his father could we pray in the spirit with some fervency could we shut down the voice of every contention over our destinies this morning could we shut down the voice of gravity the Bible says when men shall say there is a casting down we shall declare that there is a lifting up could we shut down the voice of depression and pain and sorrow it says it gives us beauty for ashes the oil of joy for mourning 
and the garments of praise instead of the spirit of heaviness. Lepa ragadash, lepa ragadash, leba. Ebo soto lepa radabanda magadosh. Ebo kash alabare. In one minute this Sunday, would you ask God to show you where he would ask you, where he would want you to land your plane? Would you ask God to show you whose life you can make better in the next one week? Would you ask God? I don't know what that means to you in what, in what form God will lead you, but would you say, Father, here I am. Here I am. Uh, someone says, but I don't have money. God will show you. He says, he says, God will show you what to do. The apostles will say, uh, silver and gold we have not. But if you pray this prayer from a sincere heart, would you ask God where he needs your plane to land in this week? Would you ask God? Would you ask God to open your eyes? Would you ask God to open your eyes? Our Father, we thank you. Our Father, we thank you. Lord, we thank you. for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.